0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What a fantastic goal that is from Derby! Chance
1: for W D D. Yes! His comments. Derby.
2: Hello, you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County Fan Podcast, where we're not always about results, we just try to put in good performances. I'm your host, Chris Parsons, and sat alongside me. He's into his 30s, but he can still do a job. Hello, Tom. (laughs)
3: Thanks very much for that, Chris.
2: (laughs) And he's getting his feet under the table in Richard's absence. Hello, Anton again. Hello. Uh, So before we plough on, Steve Bloomer's Washing is partnered for the season with Derby Brewing Company, Derby's original craft brewer We've got loads to cram in in this podcast uh, episode 58 now the season has started uh, the Rams have started the league campaign unbeaten of course after taking four points from Huddersfield and Swansea in Philip Koku's first two games but only one massive Rams talking point we can really start with on this episode you all know what it is first there were the rumours then the fans started talking would he really come to Derby how many games would he play can he still do it after playing in the Premier League when will he make his debut but Anton it's, it's happening Derby really have signed Ben Hamer a second choice goalkeeper <laughs> can you believe it uh,
0: I, I think we can all agree that that is the signing of the summer um, <laughs> it's just it's, I, I just can't believe we managed to convince him to come
2: it's, uh, it, it's happened, Tom. We're living in a world where, you know, where Ben Hamer and some guy called Wayne Rooney are now playing for Derby Gantt. Yeah, well, Ben Hamer's
3: one for the uh, hipster footballers with his nice uh, beard. But actually, interestingly, Ben Hamer's got great pedigree. He once played in the Champions League for Leicester. He did concede five goals at Porto, though. So we'll, we'll wonder about that one.
2: An up-and-down career. Now, of course, we'll be all over the Wayne Rooney chat in this podcast. Pride Park will become Wayne's World as of January when England's all-time leaning scorer joins Derby we've got your slightly bemused five-word reactions to arguably the most high-profile transfer in Derby County's club history we had a chat to an MLS expert from the Washington Post who told us all about Rooney's impact in the US and how he made his teammates better uh, Tom, before we go on though can you hit us up with those social details?
3: Uh, you can follow us on f- Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Steve Bloomer Pod make sure you do
2: So we all know what it was about in England, uh, Wayne Rooney. Teenage sensation, then Man United's record breaker, um, more than 200 Premier League goals and 100 assists, which you actually forget about. And there's been so much bleating about the nature of this deal. His his wages, the supposedly unsavoury element of the sponsorship from Derby's principal shirt sponsors, but not that many pundits have actually stopped to ask Anton, where does Wayne Rooney fit into this Derby team? Yeah,
0: it's an interesting one really because we've seen as he's gone through his career he's kind of gradually become more um, more of a deep-lying player much to the extent where he's been a bit of a holding role midfielder during his latter days at Man United and Everton, for example. But I think I would personally like to see him in a much more advanced role um, to kind of bring out his, his natural finishing ability and his creativity um, in terms of where that fits in to the derby team um either kind of in in that front three or or what i'd like to see is in, in a kind of floating number 10 role sitting behind the striker give him a bit of a free year to to create link up with the front three and um see what he can do
3: Yeah, I was going to say, I I kind of agree. I think that the players who are maybe most in danger there are Kieran Dow, maybe Tom Lawrence, that sort of position. They're sort of either the tip of the the midfield in the attack or just behind the striker. I don't think that Rooney should be playing up top and therefore threatening Waghorn's position at the moment. Watching back some of his MLS goals, he seems to arrive late into the box um, and he always did that at United and also Everton. Uh, and he's got a great finish, but he can also set things up. If he plays up top, he's not going to be uh, assisting as many goals. So I definitely think in behind a, a sort of central striker.
2: And especially with Koku now playing this four-two-three-one, or he he's he's experimented with that formation in the first couple of games. Although, he, interestingly, he changed from it partway through the Swansea game. So it seems like he's still figuring out the configuration of the of the midfield, but at the moment, there's three attacking players behind that front man. Um, Rudy himself, he's insisted he's here primarily as a player, because he's signed up as a player coach, of course. Um, for me, I guess the coaching part of it will come much later. He's primarily, he's like 90% player, 10% like coaching work experience, I guess, is the way I see it, and his, his actual role as player coach. I think It sounds like he had a lot of offers. Kaku must have been part of the attraction. And I guess Rooney probably saw what happened to Lampard as well in that you know he was a player from a similar generation, different people, different players, of course, but someone from the same generation who got a really good grounding at Derby um, was accepted by the fans and, and embedded into the community and what Lampard has gone on to since. I think that must have been a factor in getting Rooney to come as well. But assuming he does go into the starting 11 and so on, do you agree with Tom that, that it's Tom Lawrence and Kieran Dow whose places are going to be most at stake or yeah. in danger of losing
0: I think so I think Kieran Dow is probably the one um, given the fact that Lawrence plays out wide I, I wouldn't really want to see Rooney shifted out to one of those wide positions because I don't think that's where he, where he kind of plays best I'd want him towards the middle um, kind of in behind either Waghorn or Marriott um, so Kieran Dow is probably the one that falls out um, the difficulty is is how we can fit him in while still bringing the best out of the other players which is something that Koku has to think about he's obviously got a little bit of time I'm sure he's got some ideas in his head but that's that's the the one issue I think
3: I think it's a fantastic opportunity for Derby but also a great opportunity for Rooney to come back to England, um, he's still relatively young, he's what 33 I think by the time he'll sign for us um, so he's still got maybe a couple of years in him uh, perhaps even a third year there and I think he's going to learn a lot from, from the likes of Koku, an experienced uh, player uh, great reputation as Rooney has but also he's, he's done the business as a manager at PSV so um, I think it's a great opportunity for both both sides and I do think when he comes in um, I think it will take a bit of time for him to settle and actually to stake a claim this derby team is 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 a reasonable side and there's some players there who are gonna uh, have good performances between now and january and he's got to work and he's got to make sure he deserves that place he can't be just named in that team just because it's wayne rooney uh, and if his performances aren't good enough when he comes
2: he doesn't get a place in the team so you don't think he'll start when he comes in immediately no i mean when's the mls season finish is it october November? october so yeah. what i can gather or what's been reported is that rooney will finish the mls season in october have a bit of a break then uh have a a mini pre-season as it as it as it would be termed in uh, november and december with the aim of hitting the ground running in january because a lot of people have said i I don't know if it's just my imagination but i'm sure he did used to really struggle with his fitness in pre-seasons and there were times when he um you know where he he wasn't sort of hitting the levels from Man United and Everton Or was that just me imagine he's not the
3: most athletic looking player is he like he's he's uh yeah I wouldn't psych like You wouldn't say, like, if you compare him to Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, uh, those two players athletically are on different levels. Um, So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if if Rooney doesn't start. I know that, I think it was Rob Dorsett tweeted saying that uh, his debut will be against Middlesbrough unless uh, the Barnsley game is moved for Sky. So I'd love to see that Sky move the Barnsley game and then Rooney doesn't make the 16. That would just, like, really, really... really There's no chance Sky (laughs) won't move that. Yeah, (laughs) that
2: that Barnsley game is 100% being moved for TV. And I don't want Rooney in that squad. (laughs) Just to wind him up even more. Um, I mean, looking back on the sort of signings that are similar to Rooney, is it the most high-profile in our history? I was thinking about this. I think it probably is. I mean, you look back on real AAA Hollywood blockbuster signings, which we haven't really made that many of in recent years, really. I mean, you look at players like Taribo West. Um, Fabrizio Ravinelli. Ravinelli, yeah. yeah. But he was on his way down, wasn't he? He'd, he'd just had a spell in... Italy? Did I imagine that. Or was it straight from Middlesbrough? I can't remember. No, anyway. I think,
3: I think he went to went to Italy and then then came on a free transfer. I came think. back,
2: yeah. Yeah. So Robbie Savage. Is, <laughs> it sounds like a ridiculous comparison, but I think you are looking at players like Dave Mackay, aren't you? Who was well into his thirties um for Spurs, I think, in yes. the early seventies when uh, I'm just going on what I watched in the Dam United that one time when I saw that <laughs> film um, when Clough and Taylor decided to go for him but he was like a player who had done it in in the English game was perceived to be on his way down came to Derby and was like the linchpin who took him to a different level um, maybe Igor as well do you think? but the thing with Igor is that he was a bit more of an unknown and that was more about Jim Smith's um, like connections of spotting a player I think he had played it Euro 90- no, he hadn't played no. Euro 96, had because he? he played in the promotion season. We signed him in ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, 95. Yeah. So. so he was pretty much an unknown, really, in this country. So, Anton, I don't really think there's a signing that comes on a par with Wayne Rooney signing for Derby County. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I certainly can't remember one in my lifetime. I, I'd even go as far as saying it's, it's the most high-profile signing in second-tier football in, in England to be honest so i can't think of a a more high profile player coming into the second tier he was well he, he is england's best player of the last well most talented player of the last 20 years i would say he's also
3: 120 appearances which is the the leading for an outfield player in in english football so yeah he is he would be a high profile signing for, for any premier league team let alone a championship team and if the wages and the rumors are, are to go by it's sort of between 80 and 100 grand i've read that if that's true that's got to be one of the most high, highly paid players in the championship as well. It's a good um, thing that we're not paying for all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well. Of course, but I mean, I guess like Rooney's Rooney's a massive player. Um and he is one of that golden generation. I'll never forget him bursting onto the scene in Euro 2004 and like destroying that French defense. Um although obviously we end up losing that game, but he was just, you yeah, know, his quality in that that
2: tournament and he's he's been a great player ever since. Um you mentioned his age there, 33. On the face of it, you'd think maybe a player like him at 33 is perhaps at a stage where his his powers are fading. Can he still do it? Um, So anyway, I produced what turned out to be an incredibly misguided poll about this on Twitter, where I basically asked, um, can he still do it? Is it a good move? And the aim that I have with these polls is to try and get one that's like a 50-50 split. I consider that to be a good poll on Twitter. This one wasn't one of those. Uh ninety-five percent said it would be a good move for Derby. Only five said he's old and passed it. Um and there's plenty of players who have proved that he can still do it at that age. Uh Glenn Murray was thirty-three when he thirty-two or thirty three when he banged in twenty-three goals in Brighton's promotion season just two years ago. Uh Billy Sharp scored twenty-four last season at thirty-two for Sheffield United, got them promoted. Pablo Hernandez, still one of the best players in the division at 34 at Leeds United. So uh, I guess it all really depends on how often Rooney is used and where he's played in the team.
0: I think the one thing with Rooney is that because he burst onto the scene so early, his career has kind of been shifted a couple of years back. Having said that, as we mentioned earlier, Rooney doesn't really rely so much on his athleticism and his physicality. It's, It's all about technique. So he doesn't necessarily need to be the f- the fittest and the fastest on the pitch to have a big influence on the game. He can open up
3: a, a defense by by seeing that vi- that move, which other people might not see. And when you're up against Championship defenders, um, they're not going to be as high a standard as they they were in the Premier League. And you, from watching again the clips in the MLS, those defenders weren't able to deal with what Rooney was able to to see and what he was able to like uh, produce and. I don't think the standard's going to be
2: that much different. Uh, I don't I, I don't want to be too down on any MLS, but that that video of Rooney that everyone ended up sharing when he signed, of that goal that he uh, assisted for DC United when there's a break on, and he, he legs it back 30 yards, slide tackles the guy, has all the time in the world to amble forward a bit and then just float a big long diagonal, and then some guy gets on the end of it and nods it in in the 94th minute. Like, it's it's great work rate incredible work from Rooney but you do wonder if we could get away of doing that in in the championship it's different league isn't it I think um, I think we saw
3: that against sort of Huddersfield and Swansea um, in the two games Derby have played there's a lot of like tough tackling a lot of pressure and um, you don't get time in those sort of situations so yeah I, I don't I can't imagine um, that kind of goal being scored but at the same time Rooney's played at the highest level he knows about the pace of the game, he's played in uh, top-level international competitions, top European competitions. Um, so yeah, I've got no doubt that he'll be able to to adapt to the pace of the championship. But that's why I don't think he'll he'll immediately start in January. I think he will take time to settle in.
2: So Anton, around uh, th- just to 300 goals in uh, in in his club career for club and country. Uh, what's your what's your favourite Wazza worldie from uh, from Danny
0: is There are a lot of contenders. It's, it's got to be that overhead kick. Against Manchester City, um, for me, just because of the the situation, big local derby, um, massive game, obviously, and just producing an overhead kick that goes right in the top corner. Joe, yeah, H- not- Joe Hart doesn't move. Hint of shin, I know.
3: Yeah, but, not bad. Yeah, off, to, off but, the shin for me, Clive. So yeah, that, mean, that does
2: that does take it from a ten to a nine point five. Yeah. I'd
3: take a shinned overhead kick against Forest, Nope, any day of the week. So yeah, yeah. top goal. Tom, what about you? Um, I love his, uh, I love his combative nature, and I love the fact he was once having a go at the referee. I think it was Mike Dean, and then the ball falls to him against Newcastle, and he smacks it in the volley, pretty sure pass, Shea Given, straight in the top corner uh, in front of the Stretford End. I think that's an absolute quality goal.
2: The thing I don't understand about that goal is like what, 2004 or something like he gets a volley to like move from left to right in the air. Like He, he <laughs> makes a volley Technique. swerve in the air. I do not understand how, how he did that. Press yes. R1 and L1 at the same time. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Cheers <laughs> for that. That's the mistake I've been making all this time. I was trying to think of another one because those are two obvious contenders, aren't they? I was, I was watching back some of his best Man United goals and there's that really nice team goal that he scored uh, for Man United against Bolton that one time when it's like a Bolton attacking throw-in the ball gets cleared. Ronaldo gives it to Rooney. there's a little lovely little flick around the corner, to to turn his man, and then Ronaldo takes it forward fifty yards, slips in Rooney, and he dinks the keeper. And it's like one end to the other in about like ten seconds. It's just like it's not a, you know, what's not a screamer or or a bicycle kick, but it's just a, I think that that Man United team that Rooney played in, when it was like him, Ronaldo, and and later Tevez, and that in that fluid front three like they were basically unplayable at times that man united team
3: yeah i, I think so and i think uh rooney and ronaldo were were sort of perfect foils to one another and i have to say like this may be a criticism of of rooney you look at where ronaldo's gone for for his ability and his his career and i think that rooney hasn't hit the same heights as what ronaldo has but at the same time they've both been great players uh, another goal i did actually quite like and um maybe i should have mentioned is uh Rooney bursting onto the scene as what sixteen-year-old long ball forward from the Everton keeper flick on takes the ball down, beats a couple of players, and then hammers it past David Seaman in the sort of ninety-first minute.
0: Great commentary for that, as
2: well. yeah, yeah. I thing is, remember the name <laughs> Wayne Rooney. Thing is, right, I've um, I'm the thing I remember about that goal is that when I went to uni, I was, I was mates with an Arsenal fan who was always really bitter about that goal because he reckoned that the way Rooney shapes to shoot, he was going for the other corner. Yeah, um, classic, classic Arsenal fan that. that is <laughs> I mean. oh so unfair <laughs> shut up <laughs> I'm just, just putting it out shouldn't there shouldn't have counted uh, yeah that's um, that's just a caveat for that goal anyway so yeah we put it out there for uh, you DCFC fans on Twitter over at Steve Bloomer Pod on our Twitter page for um, and, and our Facebook and Instagram actually for your five word reactions to Wayne Rooney signing for Derby Tom, do you want to kick us off?
0: Yeah, Elliot Marsh said, uh, we live in Mel's world. Rob Wilcoxon also focuses on Mel. Put down the whiskey, Mel.
2: Yeah, I can see a pattern developing here. Uh, Craig Nash said on Twitter, give Mel Morris a knighthood. Uh, tragic disco i enjoy this one steve gibson going effing purple (laughs) uh scott Sunley simply asks how long was i asleep
0: (laughs) (laughs) jeff braise goes with rejoice sadlegate colleen is coming wonder how she'll
2: fit in (laughs) see what he's done there uh mark coots over on our facebook page said think of the shirt sales
0: adam foster also on facebook says how have we
3: done this and then finally, Jack Simpson on the Steve Bloomer's Washing Instagram page, a statue for Mel Morris pending. What sort of pose do you think he would have in a statue?
2: He would be arms aloft like this, like like it was when he was starting to bounce the yeah. Allen Road like that. Yeah. Like deal. black and white scarves hanging off each, hanging off <laughs> both the arms. Let's get it done. Yeah. Uh, I'll start the uh, Kickstarter page. Um, so that is the view from Derby fans on social media. Uh, but what's the take on Rooney from across the pond? Uh, We had a chat last week to Stephen Goff, football reporter for the Washington Post, the local paper for Rooney's DC United. And here's what he told us. So Steve, tell us, what's your immediate reaction to Wayne Rooney leaving the MLS in January? Do you think it's fair to say that he made a big impression in his short time of DC United?
1: He did. He made a huge impression. Uh, It was uh, short-lived, unfortunately. Uh, But both on and off the field... The Rooney impact was immense um, on the club, uh, in the community. You know, to a lesser extent, to MLS as a whole, which um, has seen you know a steady stream of um, uh, famous players come over from uh, from Europe and South America over the years.
2: Do you think he's made arguably the best impression from a, a major European star that you've had in the MLS? Where does he rank along? So, I'd other players like, you know, Thierry Henry and, uh, and Andre Pilo and that sort of thing.
1: He's up there. Um, you know, I'd say Beckham's number one because of uh, Beckham's popularity, you know, off the field um, with casual fans, with the general audience. Uh, so, I put Beckham number one. Uh, after that, you know, certainly have Rooney, Thierry Henry, Ibrahimovic now in Los Angeles, David Villa. In New York, uh, Schweinsteiger uh, in Chicago now, to to a lesser extent than uh, than Rooney, he's he's certainly up there. He worked hard. I mean, there's there's always questions when players in their their later years come to MLS whether they're really whether their heart's really in it. And it was clear from the start, Rooney's heart was in it. He uh, he showed his blue collar roots. He played, uh, you know, almost every game, almost every minute. He was in the community. He showed himself well. Uh, You know, everything you could ask for, D.C. United got. And, um, you know, and he performed on the field. You know, that's uh, the bottom line. He was a big success. Uh, He helped turn the fortunes of a club last summer, got him into the playoffs, scored some spectacular goals. And uh formed some wonderful combinations uh with his teammates, so it
2: was, uh, you know I think fans will miss him dearly and we know that uh he had a pretty respectable goal record in the states. He's had a record of about a goal every other game um but yeah, it's it fair to say that he bought quite a lot out of his teammates as well I mean it looked from from the goals that he scored and and his uh, his his highlights real. That he developed a good relationship with players like uh, Luciano Acosta over there as well. Is it fair to say that he improved his teammates?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the, the partnership between Rooney and Acosta, especially late last year, was uh, perhaps the best in the league. Uh, they just they just read each other well. Um, Acosta is the provider. Uh, Rooney, for the most part, was the finisher. But you just saw the interaction between them. It was terrific. Not, not as much this year between those two. Acosta has not had a great year, but you know what? Last winter, um, Acosta was drawing interest from PSG, and you know that would not have happened had Rooney not arrived and and uh, boosted Acosta's profile.
2: When he was playing in the MLS, it sounded like he was playing basically in a front two or just behind the striker. Whereas in his later years in England, he was playing a bit deeper in more of a midfield role um, given his age and where he is in his career where do you see him fitting in in the team at derby where do you think would be his best position right now that's a good question i mean
1: actually mostly for dc Rudy was up top on his own they would play a 4141 or a 4231 and he he was usually up top um, and, uh, you know, he would often drop back to, uh, collect the ball to initiate the attack. But he was a, he was an out and out striker here. Moving forward for Darby, um, I don't know, you know, it depends what, what the club needs. He's certainly capable of playing different positions. Um, at the All Star game last week, he, uh, the MLS select squad played against Atletico Madrid. And, um, you know, Ibrahimovic was the striker and Rooney was kind of given free reign to roam through midfield and do as he pleased and create. And he was terrific. So um, uh, I think there's a lot of options for Derby in in how they use Wayne going
2: forward. And how about his fitness levels? Because he did sometimes struggle in in, in off-season in England with his fitness, but it looked like... He's kept himself in really good shape in the States. Do you think he's still? Uh, do you think the, no one's questioning that the the touch and the awareness and the vision are still there? But, sure. but can his can his body still do it in the in English football? Do you think? I think
1: so. Um, you know, it's hard to compare leagues, the demands of leagues. I mean, MLS is a very physical league. Uh, in some ways, the technical ability is very good, but still, the the physical demands are hard and. You're not just on the field, but you're talking about the immense travel teams have to do. You know, you're playing on artificial turf uh, on occasion. The, the heat, the summer heat is intense um, in many cities. So all of these factors affect, you know, your, your physical condition. And, and he's, he's made out pretty well. I mean, until a few weeks ago when he skipped a game in Atlanta, he's played every game. I mean, he sat out one for a red card and there was a game or two where they used him and you know as a reserve but uh, his endurance has been has been impressive. He never wants to come out of a game.
2: Never. So just before we take a break for part 2, chaps, do you think Rooney will have been encouraged by what he's seen from his future teammates against Huddersfield and Swansea Anton?
0: I think he'll certainly be encouraged by the system that Koku's trying to implement. There's, there's a lot of fluidity in in that, certainly in the front three, but um also with the with the supporting midfielders as well. So Rooney will see areas where he can influence and where he can slot in. Um but it I I, I think there's a, a, a lot of potential there and, and Rooney will be really excited to work under Koku and and under that system.
3: I think he will add a bit of a creative spark we have scored two good goals against uh, Huddersfield um, and we created some chances against uh, Swansea as well but didn't see us creating too much inside the box, it was a lot more sort of stuff from longer range or longer distance so um, I think he'll be able to, he'll look at that and be thinking yeah I can get into this system and also I think he'll be uh, excited to be the penalty taker for Derby come January uh, following Waghorn's miss on That the, position is probably it.
2: opening up isn't it uh, that's some easy yeah. championship goals for him and <laughs> As I pointed out on Twitter, it's lovely to see that we've headed off the February slump by signing someone, making a January signing in August. It's just Just sound forward planning, really, isn't it? Clever. That's why we're getting a statue for Mel. you love to see it. Um, More on Huddersfield and Swansea in a minute. While you're here, you can subscribe to Steve Loomer's Washing. Just hit subscribe on uh, iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called these days, if you're on an Apple device. Or you can hit follow on SoundCloud and Spotify. Hi,
0: I'm Dean Sturridge. Hi, I'm Paul Pesky-Solidor.
2: Hi, I'm Curtis Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. Tom, do you like beer? Yes. Do you like talking about beer? Absolutely. Do you like learning and hearing about beer? All of the above. Then have I got the experience for you. Our friends over at Derby Brewing Company are booking now for their very own brewery tours. They're passionate about their beer, and they love to share their knowledge with people who love it as much as they do. Keep talking. Well... You'll get a tour around the brewery, you'll sample their latest brews straight from the cold store, and you'll even get a bottle to take home. Sounds alright, but what if I get hungry? You'll get lunch thrown in. Tours are on selected Saturdays. Cost £25 per person, include all real ale samples and lunch at the brewery tap. Book your tour now. Just visit derbybrewing.co.uk. King Clancy. Oh, it's going to come to Strupa! It's a goal for Derby! Franco Strooper! At last! This had been coming, make no mistake. Right then, Huddersfield and Swansea, four points from two, tidy little 2 1 win in West Yorkshire on the opening weekend, and then that goalless draw against Swansea in Koku's first game, and some four points which we'd have definitely taken. If you'd have offered them to us beforehand, it's just a shame that it could and probably should have been six, given we missed, we missed a penalty at home to Swansea.
0: Yeah, a bit of a shame, but four points is, is definitely a good start. Um, I think most positive is, is, has been the performances, really. Um, I think you can get bogged down a little bit with results at this stage of the season. It's it's more about kind of implementing Koku's ways. We've been very fluid going forward um, in parts, not not throughout the whole game, but it is very early days. And we've been very solid defensively. So definite positive signs and four points is definitely a good return from those first two games.
3: Tom Lawrence loves an opening day of the season. Uh, after that goal against Reading last year, um, then the two goals on Monday night against Huddersfield, fantastic. And that, that second goal for Derby... Um, gonna peach, wasn't it? It's going to be peach up there too. in the goal of the season, contenders. It's a great move. It starts off when the ball, I think, goes into Waghorn, then out to Lawrence, out to the left to Malone, the flick from Joseph soon. Lawrence beats the man. Bogle does a nice little Cruyff turn, puts it inside, and the, the drag back and finish from Lawrence. Quality all round. It's a great move. And if we're going to play like that, and that's going to start clicking in October, November, um, I'm excited about watching Derby going forward this season.
2: And the reason that goal came about is because Lawrence was in the ten. That's why we want to see him. We don't want to see him hugging the touchline, trying to beat a fullback and get crosses in because that's not where his strengths lie. His strengths lie in being able to go both ways on either foot, playing between the lines, playing off the front man and getting shots off from that central third of the pitch, Anton. That's where he has to be to be most effective.
0: Yeah, I think what was interesting, especially with that Huddersfield game, is that the three in the middle were slightly more defensive than what we saw last season, which gave... Lawrence a bit of space to drift into the middle when we, when we had someone like Mount and Wilson in the middle last year there wasn't they got a bit crowded in the middle which forced Lawrence out wide which as you say is, is not his best position it's much more flexible and fluid under this new system it seems in the first couple of games and that's where we will see the best out of Lawrence
3: the big question for us over the summer was how do we replace Mount in particular I mean love Wilson but I think Mount was the real linchpin of that Derby side last year and and do we already have that player in Lawrence I mean okay then they're on different levels and Mount's going to I hope go on to play for England and have a great career. Um but Lawrence is a really talented player. He scores a lot of goals from the middle and he can be creative. Um so were we actually missing a, a genuine left winger and is that perhaps a mistake that we've we've made in that window where we haven't signed a winger and we've signed someone like Kieran Dow who looks a t- tidy player, a bit wasteful at the moment with set pieces, but I'm sure that will come. Um should we have signed a winger, a genuine winger?
2: Well the winger the, the answer is Patterson, isn't it? Who is A wide man, he's a tricky wide man. Um, More of a right winger than a left winger,
3: is that fair to say? I think he he cuts in from from the left. He he reminds me a bit of Johnny Russell, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if he can be uh, even on the same level as Johnny Russell. He used to love his energy and his combative nature. Um, But yeah, I I think, when I mean have we missed out on signing someone, could we have gone in for someone more permanently? Because I think that's the, the area of the team we could have strengthened.
2: I think we definitely tried to it sounds like what well, you don't know for sure. You can only go on what on, on the reports you read, but I'm certain we would have tried. I don't think Patterson was first choice. I don't think he was our primary target, Anton, but he'll he'll do a job. I mean, if if you just look at the fact that Bristol City fans were upset to see him go. It all got a bit bogged down in, in all the in that nonsense quote that he said about Derby, like, whenever it was, do not care couldn't care less about that, myself personally. But I think he'll, I think he'll be keen to to prove a few people wrong this season. And some said that he was, he, you know, he, he didn't look great against Swansea. looked a little bit disinterested. But I thought he was okay. I thought he showed some signs. And I think when you've got him and particular Holmes as well, I think we have got quite a few options in in those front four positions.
0: Yeah, it's, it's still too early to really judge how how good Patterson is going to be he obviously wasn't first choice he may not even have been second or third choice but the fact he was on koku's radar he obviously thinks he can do a job there the fact that he's only on loan as well means we're not tied in we're not spending a lot of money on someone that we don't necessarily want if it turns out really well then it's it's a great person to have in the team if it doesn't work out then we can go again in january and maybe look to sign someone permanently
3: i think it's interesting to see that uh joseph has played uh in the last two games that looked Reasonably lively. He had a good chance. Uh, I thought yes on Saturday against Swansea uh, when he linked up nicely with Lawrence, drove into the box. Lawrence took the defender away and he hit the left-footed shot, uh, and the follow-up was then saved from Malone. But um, but yeah, I think it may be quite interesting to see Yosa soon out onto the left uh, when Holmes is fit out onto the right, where he has played uh, a few times before at the back end of last season. That could be a a way of sort of balancing that, or maybe even Patterson out on the right if he's more natural.
2: Yeah, at the back. Big Matt Clark, he's a rock, isn't he? Love, it. Love him already. He's brilliant. I was going to ask you both who has impressed you most over the past two games, and I think he's probably head and shoulders my 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 choice personally. I think um, he, well, obviously people obviously look at him and say that he's just a you know a unit. He's a, he's a he's a giant who head everything and kick everything, and he, he won literally every single header against against Huddersfield. He, he, he won every aerial duel he was in but he can play a bit as well can't he like you know he's got a good left leg left on him he, he popped up as like a overlapping centre-back at one point against, against Huddersfield to to pop a little cross in um I think we've got a really good player there and uh you, you do wonder almost if we could have gone in for him you said this yourself Tom if we could have gone in for him permanently before he uh, signed for Brighton and I'll give you the credit here you flagged him up last season didn't you
3: yeah I've I've got a friend who's a, a big Pompey fan at work and he um He's been going on about Matt Clark for the past two or three seasons. I'm pretty sure he captained them last year. Uh and you can see he's a he's a leader. Uh he looks older than his twenty two, bless him. But um <laughs> been through some rough times. <laughs> yeah, but um <laughs> that's what living in Portsmouth does for you, sorry, if you live there. Um <laughs> but all yeah, that, all that coastal sea air <laughs> eroding his hairline <laughs> definitely um but yeah he's he's an absolute beast he wins the ball he's um he's dominant and he's strong i think i don't think he's lost an aerial duel so far this season yes it's been two games but he's exactly the sort of centre-back that you need at the championship level um who gets six a foot in and, and puts you on the front foot
2: anton i'll put this one to you is he better than tamori
0: <laughs> that is that is the that's the key question It it is far too early for me to say um I, I didn't watch enough of him last season at portsmouth first two games he's he's settled in so well he's exactly the kind of player that we want he's he's slightly different to tamori tamori was very quick very um kind of athletic whereas matt clark is very good in the air um yeah i'll tell and, you right
2: now that matt clark is way better in the air than tamori yeah without, without a doubt tamori was also the fastest defender I've ever seen play for Derby um, across the ground so it's what attributes you want really and Clark's coming from a different place really like he's got a more established career behind him like he played what almost 60 games for Pompey last season whereas Tamori had a bit of a loan spell at Hull the season before he joined us so like Clark has well and truly hit the ground running even though they're similar ages Um
0: and, and I would say arguably the attributes that clark has with, with his aerial ability is is more suited to what we need as opposed to what tomorrow brought last year tomorrow he was obviously fantastic but we lacked height in the box certainly from set pieces we, we conceded a lot of goals and, and clark definitely looks like he'll bring that to the table and we look from the first two games much more solid especially from set pieces i'd agree with everything you said though anton and i'm actually going to put
3: my neck out Uh, And I'm going to say, yeah, he is better than Tomori. Um, He's going to be a a different type of defender and Tomori may go to the very top, but Tomori always had a mistake in him and he learnt fantastically last year. He was what I would call the most improved player at Derby. Um, but I think Clark's come in and he's solid and he's dependable. I think we would have lost that game against Huddersfield last year uh, 3-2 because I don't think we'd have been able to soak up that pressure, remain organised, remain structured. And we were watching the game yesterday, Chris, and I said this is the sort of game Derby are going to lose 1-0. We seem to be on top of possession uh, without creating too much. But Swansea look dangerous going forward. But I think with Clark in the back line, there's there's not touch wood a mistake in there which you're sort of panicking about each time he's solid he's dependable sort of 7 out of 10 every week as the odd odd sort of belting performance um, I think he's exactly what we need and I'm I'm really liking him after two games
2: the main problem of course is cutting out crosses in the first place which was a bit of an Achilles heel for us last season but at least if we can't do that you know when they go in there's a decent chance they'll come back out again with someone like him um, getting his uh Big, massive, six foot five head in front of every single one. Um, at the other end of the pitch, oh, we talk about it so many times, don't we? Jack Marriott still not getting much game time. Anything to read into, or just lacking fitness? Do you th- do you think he is part of our best starting eleven?
0: think he probably is as you say he's probably lacking a little bit of fitness we uh, lacking a bit of match fitness certainly he, he w- did have an injury in in pre-season so he hasn't quite got the game time that Wycorn has had Wycorn's also been playing very well he, he ended last season very well he had he had a pretty decent pre-season so it would be a bit harsh dropping Wycorn I know you can move him out to right wing or the left wing and, and slot Marriott in koku's got a bit of thinking to do where where Merritt does fit in because we we all know that he's got goals in him he's a he's a class player up there and and that's what we we were certainly lacking yesterday against swansea um it it's all about match fitness really and and hopefully he can build that up over the next couple of weeks and then we'll we'll see him play a key part over the next few months i really think it depends on the the type of
3: player cocky wants to play up front if we're going to play a 4231 we want someone who's going to run the line hold the ball up and allow people to get in and around them because those three are slightly deeper and um, for me then it's it's Waghorn however Marriott is a natural finisher you've seen that so many times last season and um, I don't think Waghorn had a bad game on Saturday obviously he missed the penalty Thought it was a reasonable penalty and a very good save uh, but he did have one or two chances one I think was saved from the the cross came in from Joseph soon the flick from Lawrence and one across uh, from Bogle I think and he put it wide they're the kind of chances that Marriott thrives upon there was a a small amount of space uh, half a yard or so and he just gets a shot off and he can finish and that's what he does uh, so well he did that against Wigan I remember last year um, and I think that's the difference between the two so it depends on the system uh, and it depends on the type of player Koku wants up top Do you think Koku will be tempted to
0: change the system at all? From
3: from the one up front, yeah. Well, I think if we play a, a sort of a four three three and actually play people in and around the sort of central striker, so you're not looking to hold the ball up. So we've already got players further forward. Maybe that's when you've got maybe a, a one deep line midfielder uh, and then two sort of more attacking midfielders just in front, or certainly a, a sort of more uh, a, a runner like perhaps Holmes and then someone a bit further forward like Dow, and then having two more uh, two players who are, are closer to the centre forward. I think Marriott would then start in there but you wouldn't trust that in terms of defensive stability away from home, I think. So I could see it being interchanged, like where Raghorn's the person we, we play when we're up against it and we're uh, trying to battle down uh, the hatches and try and uh, hold the ball up. But I think if we're on the front foot against sides and we're playing against some of the weaker teams in the division, I think Marriott's the one to start.
2: And there's no need to play two defensive midfielders at home against weaker teams, is there? And I think when Bielik is is fit, he'll be the number one central defensive midfielder who will play instead of Huddleston and Evans I reckon both of whom started against Wonsie. Um and it was interesting that when we when we were on the ball playing from the back Evans would drop in as a third centre-back know, he had that amazing game against Bristol City last year where he played. He had to fill in a centre-back so that, is, that seems to be part of Koku's plan that on the ball building from the back a defensive midfielder drops in to let the uh, full-backs bomb on and we turn into more of a 3-4-3 and um I think I'm right in thinking that Belic plays centre back and defensive midfielder for Charlton last season. So that's obviously where he's what he sees him doing as well.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Belic is is naturally a centre back. However, last year he was um, he was playing in front of the back four um, purely because Charlton had a couple of good centre backs. Bauer, who I know is signed for for Preston, was one of them uh, this season. And um, Belic was just dominant in front, and he can also pass the ball. So he had the attributes to be that that link between the defence and the midfield. Uh, and I can see him doing that very well for Derby. Um, but I think in the longer term, he may well end up being being our centre-back. Um, but I do agree, and what I liked about Koku is that he changed the system yesterday, bringing on Patterson for Evans when he thought maybe two defensive midfielders wasn't needed yesterday.
2: Anton, so Koku said that he is going to make changes for Scunthorpe away in the Cup this week. Which of the squad players would you like to see get some game time?
0: I mean, I think there are a couple um, who we'd like to see maybe in the starting lineup in a few weeks' time who are looking for match fitness. So Bilic and, and Marriott certainly w- would probably be part of those first team plans on Tuesday night. Um, also, you, you'd expect to see a few youngsters who are kind of on the fringes.
2: So you Just run to... out for Max Lowe, do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I, well, I think certainly with Max Lowe, we, we don't know the extent of Bogle's injury yet, but we... Potentially, do have a bit of a problem at right back. Max Lowe is certainly one of those players who could slot in as cover while Bogle and Wisdom are out. Yeah, so we don't really have a right back in the squad. So Max Lowe is probably the best option, but he he might consider playing somewhere else, someone else there, just to see what would work best. If if we do have a um, kind of more long term injury
2: worry about Bogle, miss Chris Baird, don't we really? <laughs> um, is Glenn Johnson on a free transfer? Anyone <laughs> like that? Saido Mane best friend. Um, Tom, what about you? I think uh, I can see maybe Curtis Davis getting a run out against Gunthorpe. Um, possibly Max Lowe. Marriott has to start against Gunthorpe, surely. If not, to just keep his uh, his minutes and his fitness up.
3: I wouldn't be surprised to see Keo move over to right back. It's where he played in his uh, in his younger days at Carlisle. I'm sure.
2: Uh, I was going to say that. I'm yeah. sure Keo's played right back once or twice for us yep. just when someone's got sent off or injured or something
3: yeah i could i could see davis and clark being center backs um keo right back i think roos i, I still i'm still a bit unsure about roos so i
0: think he should definitely start to keep keep the minutes up um,
3: signing of the
2: summer ben hamer could uh could drop in yeah mate you never know what a what a player
3: just
0: the thought of keo bursting down that right wing fills me with
3: excitement <laughs> <laughs> i'll be watching that game for sure um i don't think we need to make too many changes like joseph soon it was a bit of a squad player last year. He started the first two games. I think he should play. If Patterson um, is going to be a our, our wide man, I think he should play in, on the left. Um, quite like to see Lawrence still, still remain in there, even if it's not for the whole game. Dowell hasn't had the best start. He's been a bit wasteful in possession for me and obviously uh, conceded the penalty on, on Monday night against Huddersfield. So perhaps give him a bit of a break just to let him settle into things. I remember Harry Wilson didn't have the greatest of starts last year uh, for Derby and then he was brilliant. So. So, yeah, I think there will be some changes. Um, maybe some young players. Jason Knight, perhaps Morgan Whitaker
2: could come in. Mason Bennett, maybe get some minutes, Anton. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: We might even see a change of system, see how we can cope with um, kind of changing things up. We know that Koku likes to have a few different plans, so why not change it um, this week while we have a chance?
2: Right, we're going to start to wrap things up, but uh, we all have a cheeky quiz. Uh, Anton's been tasked with... Putting together some trivia for this one. Before I do, though, I need to get a very clear clarification slash correction out there. Uh, so in our pre-season episode, I asked Tom and Richard to and Anton to identify all the players who played in that game that Philip Koku played in, that pre-season friendly. Uh, I said that Javi didn't play. I've since been informed that he did. His name wasn't listed as Javi on the Sky Sports report that I read, so blame them. Uh, Sky Sports ruining football for everyone once again. <laughs> um but yeah sorry about that i think we'll just, we'll just track that one from the record just call it a practice run um i'm gonna remember that
3: forever chris
2: and in the meantime <laughs> anton's been uh anton's doing this one so that if it goes wrong i'm going to blame you instead when
0: i saw richard slipping you some cash beforehand the thought of bribery <laughs> hadn't crossed my mind
2: <laughs> cheeky <laughs> go on and get us going
0: yeah so i've got to name the 11 um this time so just as a reminder to the listeners i'll, I'll be giving a um, classic Derby game from the past and Tom and Chris will take it in turns to name members of the starting 11s plus used substitutes of both of those teams. And we're
2: keeping the yellow card rule that we had last time, aren't yep. we? Yeah, let's do that.
0: So the game that I've chosen, you, you may have noticed the big news that um, a certain player called Wayne Rooney has, has joined Derby County this week, kind of dominated the headlines for the club. But do you know the last time he played at Pride Park?
3: would it have been the fa
0: cup game
3: in 2011 united 1-4-1
0: 2015 2016 was fa Cup. To 1-0 for... to <laughs> that, is, that is not the quiz <laughs> uh, the 29th of january 2016 fa cup fourth round man united 1-3-1 at pride park wayne rooney obviously played you don't get a point for that but can you name the other teams
2: can i go first Yeah. So playing for Derby in that game was George Thorne.
0: George Thorne is correct, and he did get the Derby goal.
2: It
3: was a long-born header, wasn't it?
0: I think uh, Craig Bryson. Craig Bryson was an unused substitute. That's a yellow card for Tom. That's a bit of a harsh one, though.
2: Yeah, that is harsh. Studs up. Hate to see it. Um, (laughs) It's early in the game, though, surely. The assist for that goal came from Chris Martin.
0: Chris Martin, Derby's number nine. He's in there.
3: Well, oh, I think Richard Keogh's got to have played.
0: Richard Keogh
2: is there. Um, I'm aware that Tom's on a yellow, so I think I could probably take a bit of a gamble. Phil Jones?
0: So you've gone Phil Jones, flown in hard because he wasn't there, and that's a yellow card. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just wondering who I think mean, Johnny Russell must have played. You've
0: gone for Johnny Russell. He came off the bench. Whoa.
3: Quite lucky there, it looked like a foul, but the ref said play on,
2: <laughs> yeah. So, so, we're both walking yeah. a disciplinary tightrope. Um, right, let's have a think about this.
0: There were quite a lot of obvious ones, but a few stumbling blocks mm. as well.
2: Um, Jason Shackle.
0: Jason Shackle is a good shout, he was center back pairing with Keo.
3: Trying to work out who would have been the other center back with uh Keogh. Shackle's a great one.
0: Um, it's got to be Will Hughes. You've gone for Will Hughes. It's not right, it's a red card for oh, Tom Chris I'm takes saying, the win yeah. no lie me. Well,
2: so Was Hughes even on the bench? Hughes
0: wasn't on the bench so I don't know whether he was injured at that. I can run through the teams for you First with Derby So we had Carson in goal Cyrus Christie at right back Keon Shackle as you said Centre back pairing Stephen Warnock at left back George Thorne was the um, holding midfielder Then in front of him we had Tom Ince, Jacob Butterfield Bradley Johnson Nick Blackman Wow, <laughs> and then Chris Martin up top. The substitutes for Derby who came on were Hendrick, Russell, and Kamara.
2: Definitely would have got wouldn't have got big Abdul Kamara. I think I had Jeff as a Jeff as a backup. I think I probably would have gone for him.
3: Yeah, yeah we didn't do very well there, did we, Chris? I mean, no, congratulations on the win. Thanks but, very much. Yeah. Good clean win. Yeah.
2: Um, before we completely sign off this pod, uh, we had a bit of any other business. Three hundred. And fifty games for Big Keezy. Um We seem to give him some sort of shout out about every six games because he passes some sort of milestone of, uh, every you know several over the course of a season. Terrific achievement, Tom.
3: Yeah, um, I actually put the question out this morning, or put put my thought out this morning. That, um, is he now a Derby County club legend? In fact, he's played three hundred and fifty games. We've given him some stick. He's come back from those mistakes. I, I've never been his biggest fan, but the respect I've got for him as a, a leader. Uh, of this, this Derby County team and playing 350 games it's 20th in the all-time rankings it's just does
2: just does his thing again and again and again doesn't he gets picked by managers again and again again and again and again gets picked as captain again and again they can't all be wrong Anton
0: yeah I mean that's the thing really we've had gone through so many managers but they all think exactly the same thing he's been a ma- magnificent servant for the club we all know he's got the odd error in him, but he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, if if doing... he didn't
2: have the odd error in him, he wouldn't be playing in the Championship still, would he? Yeah,
0: I mean, and I mean, he's, he's always amongst the conversations for Player of the Year as well.
2: Uh, currently 20th in all-time appearances for Derby. I and mean, if he plays every game this season, he could overtake the likes of Colin Todd and Archie Gemmell if he plays 50-plus games for Derby in 2019-20. But still got a bit of a way to go to catch uh, Kevin Hector on 581 Derby County appearances Uh, well that's it for us for episode 58 we'll be back in about 10 days time for uh, after the Scunthorpe Stoke and Bristol City games if you enjoyed the podcast and you're listening on an Apple device we'd love it if you gave us a rating on iTunes gave us a cheeky rating out of 5 in there but for now Anton thank you cheers Chris. Tom always a pleasure all the best and thanks for listening till next time